What's up, everyone? Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cube. We're continuing our deep dive into the people that run their teams from behind the scenes, what drives them, and how they're preparing for playoffs and beyond. Now, today, we've got Trisha Sugita, CEO of FlyQuest. Welcome. How are you doing today, Trisha? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for pronouncing my last name correctly. Well, thank, you for, co- thank you for coaching me <laughs> on it. Uh, but it is, it's, always, it's something that I always make an effort to do. Um, and maybe actually something we'll get into, um, just the idea of, a, of identity much further down the line, but it's something that I've always been very curious uh, about in the in the scene of esports with with a bunch of young people, a bunch of young multiple people, uh, how people in positions of authority like yourself, uh, you know, uh, begin to shape mold and kind of um, uh, educate young people on how to become more whole humans and build an identity. We can get we can get much further into that. But I just want to check in with you, uh, Trisha. FlyQuest has been on kind of um, this monster of a path over the last eight months, just kind of taking the LCS by storm. And so much of it has come off the back end of you joining as the CEO. But I first want to understand how you got into the position of CEO before we get into everything that you've done for the organization. So, so maybe walk me through a little bit of your journey. Uh, to where you're at now. Actually, before we begin, I just wanted to really thank you guys. I'm so excited to be on the queue. Oh, thank I, you. I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart. I love the content and I'm really excited for the questions that you guys prepared. I can tell that you guys did your homework and your due diligence. So first off the bat, thank you. Well, that means the world to me uh, <laughs> and and uh, and hopefully to everyone else behind behind the scenes on this project. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Know. People should know. Awesome. So back, back <laughs> to your question. So you'll have to bear with me a bit. I have quite a history in esports. Yeah. So I started my career in esports competing and streaming StarCraft 2. Then I did interviewing and hosted for major esports events such as IPL 3, IPL 4 and 5, MLG. Uh, and you know that was before Riot started to do their own tournaments. For those of you who don't know, in 2014, I joined the streaming platform Azubu TV as their global director of esports, where I negotiated multi-million dollar contracts with broadcasting partners, and I was responsible for increasing website traffic to over 12 million UMVs, or uniquely monthly visitors. Then in 2017, I joined Immortals and LA Valiant as the head of partnerships, where I secured major partnerships from AG Worldwide and Omen by HP. And so now here at FlyQuest, I'm using my decade of industry experience to build out hopefully a new kind of esports organization that reflects my core values of kindness, grace, and strength, really an homage to nature. This is why I love nature. And I created and developed the company vision of showcase greatness, which is not only the belief that greatness already exists within everyone, I want to highlight the already portion, but also a call to action for FlyQuest to help people find and showcase it so that's my so i'm gonna go all the way back to the beginning of your history because there's one very important question we need to ask taryn protoss zerg (laughs) i was a taryn player okay acceptable as long as you weren't a zerg player i'm okay (laughs) with that Uh (laughs) to be fair i did play random too sometimes okay well i imagined it to be a to be a high level player i was not high level uh in in real-time strategy games but i imagine to be high level you have to have some proficiency across all of them i i realize top level players generally specialize but i'm sure it probably aided you to to be able to play all three uh of the races yeah actually just because i was doing hosting uh casting and interviewing for starcraft 2 while i was a streamer it behooved me to 
have some street cred and be able right. to say, hey, I'm top eight masters when that was the highest. Yeah. So I made it a point to not only get that on NA, but also EU server because I had haters who thought like, oh, she's only, you know, top Preaching eight to the choir. Or <laughs> oh, only because of Taryn. So I made a whole streamathon where I played every single race and made sure I hit them all to masters. Shut to them up. It's yeah. not just because I'm Taryn. It's not just because I'm any. I did it on EU as well. So I, I feel you there. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Same thing as a host. I was like, got to hit Diamond in League just so that people will uh, will stop yeah. Uh, yeah, stop undercutting <laughs> my credibility. Um, but so you've also, even within that history alone, you've kind of touched every aspect of this industry. You know, yes. from player to content creator and entertainer to broadcast side and now on the team, team side. Yes. Um, so what was it specifically about being on the team side that attracted you there ultimately, as opposed to you staying in the broadcast world? Yeah, great question. So I think I also have to share a bit of my non-esports background. Mm -hmm. So while I was a streamer and you know, hosting events such as IPL three, four, and five, or doing casting or interviews, kind of all of that, basically yeah. on camera talent. Uh, I had a part, not a part time job, sorry. My part time job was esports. My full time job was to do CRM and ERP implementation. So I worked on the ops side. I've done sales since I'm 16 years old. Excuse I me, I don't know those acronyms. I so apologize. Basically, my job was to help optimize businesses by setting up like a software, if you will, that okay. everyone uses to clock in for like clock out, uh, to manage their, you know, general ledger, uh, their accounts payable, receivable, uh, distribution, just everything that a company would use to like log on from signing on to doing all their tasks to putting their responsibilities is there. So I gotcha. would work with companies to, you know, talk to their CTO, CMOs, basically all the heads of every company and their division and seeing how their process is. And I, my job was to figure out how can I streamline your process? How can I make it better? What are the steps I can do to automate, uh, you know, just the most efficient ways possible, just basically ops. Uh, for CRM, it's more on the side of like a contact, contact management tool okay. where you manage relationships. So it's, that's what it really stands for. It's managing relationships. So it's usually for the partnerships team, sales teams, or account management team for them to track all of their leads to their opportunities, show what's in the pipeline for sales, what you're forecasting all the way to once the account is closed, now you can manage the account and see like what are the deliverables we need to do, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so you've, so this is why this is wild to me because again, like I mean, first of all, what can't you do? Maybe that would have been an easier question to start <laughs> off with. Uh, but but secondarily, again, this just all seems to serve uh, the idea that you have a, a really well-rounded view of not only the industry but also how business functions. Right? Just just on a more basic, plain level, <laughs> you seem to have this yeah, incredibly sorry. high I don't business know if I went acumen. Too much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I should have just started with CRM. So it's just like a customer relationship management tool. So you just yeah. manage your relationships. But yes, on that point, uh, you know, I got my first job when I was 16 because my parents made me work. So mm -hmm. uh, I, that was when I worked at the mall, at a mall kiosk, and I sold makeup. And I learned that you can make a lot of money on commission in sales. And I learned that I'm very good at that. Okay. I'm a people person and I love people. So I started off, you know, if you look at my history, actually, from 16 years old, I sold everything from makeup to Cutco knives to, you know, 
eventually software, you know, enterprise solutions, yeah. CRM, ERP. And then I, I started off on the sales side, actually. And then I realized, like, I actually don't want to just sell the user count and also, you know, work with a business consultant to do the implementation. I actually can do it myself. So I learned that. So I actually became like a hybrid where mm -hmm. I sold the users, the software, such as like, let's pretend Salesforce. And then I would get a company on some of our clients were like Herbalife and so forth. And so I, then I wanted to do the work itself. So if right. I sold the services of here's the implementation, here's how we're going to set it up, I did both sides. So I, I've always loved that. And actually when I joined Azubu TV, because most people on eSports just saw, you know, my stream or things I'm hosting or interviewing, they brought me on as a community manager. Mm -hmm. And within a week, they're like, this is not the right job for you. Can you lead all of our accounts and all of our partnerships? Wow. And so after a week, they promoted me into the senior esports director. And then I think like a month in, they promoted me to the global director of esports. And our department was directly responsible for the milestones from our investors. So our investors gave us 1 million unique monthly viewers to 5 million to 10. And I over delivered for 12 million under budget. And wow. That, you know, that was a huge accomplishment for me. Unfortunately, even though we brought uh, potential opportunities to our investors, they didn't close. But we mm -hmm. actually had a lot of opportunities that I think could have changed Azubu. But for some reason, our investors thought they could get a billion-dollar deal just like Twitch, which is not going to happen again. Yeah. So, But we, you know, behind the scenes, I did bring them really great deals from very prominent companies. Right. And so... After that, I actually took a hiatus and took a big break and didn't work for eight months because I was totally burnt out. I worked 16 hours a day for years. And because yeah. this is a cue, I will share everything. I actually I got love like it. three bald spots on my head, like on what? just pop from stress. No because, way. You know, we had over hundreds of employees and contractors, and my department was directly responsible for the milestones. Like our milestones were literally just the unique monthly viewers yeah. or visitors. And every week our CEO would make me uh, have a company meeting and announce who we signed, what the metrics were and all of that. And if I didn't have somebody we closed with a deal, then I also had to announce that my team didn't do anything. So I felt a lot of burden on That's... my shoulders. Like we won't have a job if we don't hit these numbers. Right. And so I, you know, I took a break because only because like I did my job, I did my job, I over delivered and they chose not to take it. And sometimes right. that's the name of a game. Your investors are everything. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing when to say no and when to walk away exactly. are very valuable skills <laughs> to have in life. And so I'm, I'm so happy that you took that, that break. And then I'm so happy that ultimately you ended up, uh, ended up here in the LCS and that's where let's now transition a little bit. Actually, into sorry. Oh yes. Because I didn't answer your question really, but I joined the team side because I, I always wanted to, because yeah. since when I started streaming, the whole purpose of me getting into esports, kind of back to why I showed my history, is because I wanted to make people happy. Mm. I thought I can make kind of like a prototype of Paradise on Earth, if you will, through my channel, and I can reach people globally through esports. Like that could be my platform. And so when I went on the broadcast side, my intention was hopefully I can influence the broadcasters to do something good with their platform, you know, influence right. people. And the team side was like, I can do it even more closer to the players. So that has always actually been my dream to, to be on the team side. Awesome. Okay. I love that. So let's talk about actually ending up at FlyQuest specifically, why that organization? Um, let's talk about when you were 
looking at organizations, was this idea of showcasing greatness already in your mind? Or was that something that you came, you came to once joining FlyQuest saying, this is the right brand for this org? Which came first? Was it kind of like, this is the kind of family I want to find, and then you went and found it? Or, you know, this is the org that's going to give me a chance, and this is what I think is right for them, you know? Ooh. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. So honestly, I've always had this intention for my Bear Cubs. This is These are my fans that used to watch my stream. I have always been about this. So a lot of the things that you'll see at FlyQuest, such as like our Ikebana arrangements about you know, expressing gratitude, about practicing gratitude, about helping others, you know, serving others, that has something that I've always done. And that's like my personal vision, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I've always tried to do that through work. Like that's why I got into esports. That's why I started streaming. That's why I went on the broadcast side. That's why I'm on the team side. And FlyQuest, I, I know this sounds so cliche, but truly is like my dream job because it is the first time that I'm not the solo person trying to do this personally. Like I'm just using my work as a platform. Mm -hmm. This is actually my work giving me the platform to be able to do this and manifest this. And so that is what, you know, why when Ryan recruited me, when I uh, admitted I was at Immortals, I, you know, I couldn't turn it down because right. this was the first time my personal vision aligned with a company. And I had the opportunity to try to do good in the world and get paid for it. Yeah. That's like the dream. Feels like a win-win, right? Yes. <laughs> you would you would think. But let's but I think there's a one really interesting distinction in that you talked about a little bit of your background in sales. Um selling products, physical products at times, right? Cutco yes. knives. We're talking all the way back at the, you know, the age of 16, well, I'm 16. and stuff. <laughs> right. But but what's interesting to me is that the LCS is it is also sales in a sense. You are selling a team. But I think the issue is that it is the team itself is not necessarily a physical product. You're selling the brand of FlyQuest yes. and you're selling the brand of Show Greatness, you know, and so you're trying to get an audience built around that. What are what are the differences maybe that you've encountered or, or difficulties that you've encountered in that what you are selling is more of an idea and a brand than a physical product where you can show like, look, this knife works. You know, it's hard to show or sales greatness makes you more yeah efficient um, and brings up your you know sales numbers right right but to, to but to just have this kind of nebulous uh, you know or to have this identity of we are you know the live good team we are the environmentally friendly mm -hmm. you know uh empowerment and you know uh you know kind of team like how do you sell that how do you you know where does that begin in the conference rooms for you guys to to start these endeavors you come up with a lot of cool tools but I want to know how you generated those ideas. Yeah. So I think my sales background has actually helped a lot. And in my humble opinion, to be good at sales, you can't just focus on product differentiation. Like you have to understand the user or your audience's pain points, first of all. If you don't understand their pain points, then you can't provide a solution. Uh, that's one. And you have to really speak to them and know what is important to them. And I think taking that same approach is the approach that we took <laughs> with esports. And because I'm like, I've been esports working for over a decade now. Like I'm a true fan. Like I watch myself. I get upset at games. I get upset when things are done poorly. Like right. I, you know, enjoy memes, even if it's not our team's you know, memes, I, I, if you look even on my Twitter timeline, I'm like retweeting other teams, which is probably weird for some people to see because I just like good content. I Rising tides. Yep. Yeah. 
And so the first thing that we worked on was establishing our company vision. And the reason for that is because you have to define your why. Mm-hmm. What is your purpose? What is going to be your differentiator? And for me, working in, like you mentioned, like I, I've worked in many different places in esports. So I have, you know, experience. I've received many decks from team saying why you should sponsor us. Mm-hmm. Here's how we're different. And the truth is, most of those decks only focus on product differentiation. And what I mean by that is they focus on the game titles they have, the numbers, their metrics, their competitive achievements, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do want to stress product differentiation is very important. Right. But before mm-hmm. you do that, before you talk about that and how you can solve pain points, et cetera, what really differentiates you from a brand and how do you build brand equity? And I think that is the why. So that is... For example, FlyQuest showcase greatness. At the end of the day, if you strip away our wins, our losses, can you still stand by us? Yeah. You know, does it resonate with you what we're doing, why we're doing it? And hopefully when you hear, you know, about, you know, you guys are giving me the opportunity to tell my a bit of my story in FlyQuest, you can see like it's genuine. Like it's always been about this. And hopefully that will make everything that we're doing that much more meaningful. So I think that approach of the why of the showcase greatness is the first thing you work on. And actually that's why when I first joined FlyQuest in 2018, that was the first thing I worked on. I, I, you know, when, you know, of course our owners is like, what are our opportunities? What is our marketing strategy? What is et cetera, et cetera. Let's dive in. Let's Yeah. I put a hold of, Hey, I know you want to get in that. I do too. And I'm really excited. But the first thing we need to work on is our company vision. And I really fought for that because that is our North star. That is where everything starts from. That is who we hire. That is the players that should be part of the calculation of the players that we sign. Yeah. Not just their achievement because does it represent our brand? You know, are we hiring? Do they also believe in this? Not that they, not that our, our staff can't, you know, can't disagree with what we're saying, but ultimately they believe in this, right? Because I want to have this showcase greatness as an inspiration to them so that they can take this direction and run with it and make whatever inspires them, you know, through content, through design, through et cetera through showcase greatness, right? As the first direction, as that clear direction, as the first thing we think about from the partners we sign. Right. Are we going to be in a position where we decline a really fat check, which is really hard to do because they don't align with our goals and our vision because, you know, that will muddy muddy kind of our messaging. And so I think that's, that was the first thing. And that's why it was so obvious to create like showcase greatness. Yeah. No, no real question attached to this, but I, I I imagine it has to be incredibly difficult uh, again, specifically within sports, you know, when you're looking at players to say, where's that line, where do we draw that line of like, you know, where the person uh, aligns with our brand to their to their ability, you know, and like, you know, where are we willing to sacrifice or are we willing to sacrifice any, any amount of our brand equity, you know, for the shot at the title? Because there, there is definitely this discussion in esports where if you reduce it down to its most basic form, Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that matters at the end of the day is the teams, you know, is winning and winning. losing, you know, winning and losing and winning that title. And so there, there could be an argument made that like, hey, all the brand work in the world is all for naught if you can never put a trophy in the case, you know, and does your brand ever get in the way of your ability to bring a trophy 
in-house? You know, I'm not suggesting that it is in FlyQuest, but is that ever yeah. something that's in eating it, you know, eating at you in the back of your brain? You know, like have I, you know, do we build, we built this environment, but is this really the environment of a championship winning team? You know, will this attract the people, you know, the right people? And how do you have that confidence that you will? Yeah, look, I think our company vision makes things simpler, but not easier. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it provides direction in the partners we want to sign or partner with, right? Are they aligned with us? Mm -hmm. It provides direction on the players that fit our brand, <clears throat> but also it's a balancing act, like you mentioned, of, you know, we want to win. This player, let's pretend, very toxic, very not uh, wholesome, not fly quest. Player X. Yeah, yeah. player X but they will help us win worlds. And I think that is a discussion that we're very open with, honestly. Yeah. So I have a good relationship with our general manager and we talk about this all the time from like, how are we going to uh, message this issue that we have? How are we going to message it externally? You know, there's a consequence of if we associate ourselves with a player for one, like looking at PR and brand itself and, and mm -hmm. just like more for FlyQuest, if we take a stance against them, it does protect us, right? And that's what we have to balance. At the same time, I do also very much care about our player integrity. And by that, I mean, when our players make a mistake, it's very easy for organizations to say they're no longer with us or they're going to get fined or, you know, that was not, nothing to do with our brand. That was on them and kind of throw them under the bus, if you will. Right. And I think that's something that FlyQuest has done really well. Like, I want to point to that as an example because we've had missteps in some of our previous staff or players. Mm -hmm. And instead of just saying outright, you know, they messed up and, yeah. and it would seem like such an obvious thing for FlyQuest because like we're wholesome, we're good, we can't let anything tarnish us. Instead, we really take a holistic approach of we talk to the players, we do an investigation because we're also trying to balance our competitive integrity. I don't yeah. want players to feel that they're not safe. If you make a mistake, FlyQuest is just going to say, hey, that's you, that's on you, and that's you separately, right? The right. player in this. We're a team at the end of the day. And that's something I really emphasize. We're one team. Like, it's not just competitive in business. It is, it is one team. We're all playing for the same thing. We all have one company in mind. So we have to balance not just our PR and our branding, but we also have to balance, like, how protected do our players feel? Do they feel heard? Uh, you know, and... That's why I think we have some like hot things against us and why we've taken like, hey, we're talking about this ex internally. We don't take such a hard stance because we're handling it with the player and we're working through that with them. And I think as long as they understand that is that is enough for us. Of course, if they do something crazy and obscene, God forbid, right? you know, we'll, we'll take a, a different approach. But I think that example is how we're looking at everything, like with partnerships, with the revenue it brings in, with what it says about our brand, you know, to the players we sign, you know, how, how much can they help us? You know, we're missing a hole in, let's say top, we had an issue, you know, in top lane for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and we've made some changes in bot lane. We're balancing that with winning, but also everything else. So it is not just like a black and white thing for us. It's, it, it takes a lot of deliberation. Yeah, we very much, hey, we very much operate in the gray area. And the quicker yeah. we can all come to that realization, the better we'll all be for it. Um, talking about um, success, though, um, FlyQuest has actually found a whole bunch of it, right? And so while, while, while I, I brought up that conundrum of having to balance performance with a brand identity, 
FlyQuest in a lot of ways has been, you guys have been sitting pretty here in 2020 with second place spring finish, doing well so <laughs> far here in summer, sitting in uh, you know third seed going into playoffs up against Cloud9 for our spring finals rematch here. Like all signs point to fantastic for Trisha's first eight months as CEO at FlyQuest. Um, but how much would you say um, your success as an org like, have you been able to identify how much of it is attached to the the team's success, that second and third place finishes, versus these Go Green initiatives, everything that we saw in spring? I mean, uh, I, I, I so miss our tailgate days, but I'll recall yes. when, when, when we were able to tailgate and opening day, I had, I went and made, I did the Japanese flower arranging with you specifically, yes. and I had a flower in my hair, and it was oh so fun. And like, FlyQuest was on the map immediately at that moment. Um, but how have how has the company identified, you know, where your fans are coming from? Are they fans because of FlyQuest? Are they fans because of the players on FlyQuest? Are they fans because FlyQuest is winning? Like, you know, how do you identify the success of your initiatives? Going back, I'll just say it's a team effort. I think everything is important. A lot of times I get asked this question of what is more important, winning or content? Yeah. You know, uh, and I strongly think it's both dude, you have to do well at everything. It's rough. It is tough to get fans because there's a difference, I think, between somebody who's cool with your brand, you know, and, and thinks that, you know, I, I like this team versus actually being a fan and hitting that follow button. Right. It's very hard to get followers. There's a lot of people who like, I stand by quest. I support them. I'll cheer for them, but I don't follow them. I don't really mm. watch all their stuff or I might not buy their stuff, but you know, they're awesome because they do go green initiative. They do tree quests. They do sea quests. I, I see that a lot. And I think you have to hit every angle. It's so important. I don't think one is more important than the other. I think you have to do both. Well, I think you have to do awesome content. I think we have to continue with building our brand equity with telling our story, with doing more initiatives, with doing more campaigns and doing it better and topping them off. I'm actually, it's August and I'm already working on 2021 20, to be honest Ooh. with you. And also we have to win. And yeah. that's actually why FlyQuest focuses so heavily on league of legends. We're focusing because we want to shine in all aspects of what we're doing. And I, I'm just a big believer on like focus on your own game. This, this applies to like when you're playing games, right. like if you're mid lane, I usually play mid lane or focus sometimes on. support. Yeah. If I'm like busy pinging my bot lane, I'm like, why aren't you wear this? Da, 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 I'm not going to get as much CS as I could have farmed. Right. I might right. not be able to roam or make a call out and see something on my mini map. Uh, which won't happen because I'm a starfish player. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so I'm just a big thing of like, focus on your own game, trust yeah. your team. And so I trust our competitive staff implicitly to do their job. And my job is to just make sure that they can do their job. Yeah. If that makes sense. People ask me like, what is your job? No. In a nutshell, my job is to just empower our staff and make sure they can do their job, give them direction, provide that vision, make that call to action really clear. Right. And trust everyone and focus because the minute I stop focusing on what I need to do and, you know, put my resources somewhere else, then no one's doing my job. Right. And so. I, I totally get it. And I'm so not envious of anybody in a leadership position. <laughs> I, I it's hard not, sometimes. I never want that responsibility. Yeah, because I think exactly, I think you actually just encapsulated it really well too. Cause like people, people, 
from my position, I look up at people above me and I go, yeah, what are they doing? Because it seems like they're just kind of <laughs> making sure that everyone else is doing what they're supposed to do. Uh -huh. But the reality of that is, is that it's a, that's, a, that's a job in and of itself. But also, I think it comes back to that point of alignment around brand, goal, vision, and yes. everything like that, right? Where it's like, you are essentially charged with, with checking in on all those projects and say, hey, is this, can I still draw that line back to that central focus of this organization? Yes, you said that perfectly. Okay. So actually, do you mind Woo! if we talk about showcase greatness a bit? Because we, we talked it. about it. So, okay. So for those of you who don't know, and maybe just watching for the first time or hearing about this and like, what is, what is Trisha saying? <laughs> showcase greatness for us. Like, I get it. You want to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This company vision is like the belief that greatness already exists within everyone. And we want to help them find and showcase it. Yeah. And to add to this, we believe greatness manifests in many different ways. So while winning is definitely greatness, we want to win. Don't get us wrong. When we're saying this, we're not just saying this for fluff and we're saying, yeah, you know, if we lose, we can showcase greatness. Otherwise, no, we're saying we want to win. Right. And I hope the record speaks for itself. It we're, does we're, so far. Yeah. World. This is why we take everything seriously. We have our Deep Sea Quest jersey. But showcase greatness truly does manifest in many different ways. And that's our belief. It, it manifests in winning. It manifests in being passionate in your work choosing mm -hmm. to help others before yourself and just doing the right thing. And sometimes that's really hard, you know, and I'll say this as a brand that's supposed to be wholesome and good. Sometimes it's really hard to be kind and to, to be the better person. And so we want to highlight that of you being vulnerable is not you being weak. You being vulnerable is strong and putting yeah. yourself out there and having courage. So greatness is all those different ways uh, to be, you know, manifested. And that's why we do things such as our Go Green Initiative, our Tree Quest, Sea Quest, because those are forms of greatness while also, you know, putting as much effort into winning and in our competitive success. But again, like I said, I trust our staff to do that and right. focus on that. And my, my focus is more on our, you know, leadership and vision and making sure we have that strong culture. And I am actually really in the weeds from things like even designing our jerseys. That's actually. amazing. Yeah. So Showcase Greatness resonates with me specifically on a very personal level because it actually ties into um, uh, something that I learned in, in acting school. And I, I talked to Artemis about this last week, but um, Stella Adler used to say that growth as an actor and as a human being are synonymous, that, that they cannot be separated, right? Mm -hmm. So that in order to become a better actor, I need to first become a better human. I cannot, I cannot become a better actor than I am already human, right? And so this needs to improve in order for this other thing to improve. Yes. And that to me kind of ties into this idea of showcasing greatness. Like, yes, we're still going to go for the wins. We still want to pick up the victories. But we as people, as a, you know, as a collective humanity, want to better ourselves as well as, you know, while we're on this quest for, you know, sports greatness, doesn't mean these other aspects of humanity and ourself can't also be expressed as great. Dash, I couldn't agree more. Again, so sometimes I get asked or it's assumed that, hey, you're focusing on this. This is great. But to play devil's advocate, like, how does this help you competitively? Or how does this help your revenue? Or it's a good question. All these how, things, I right? mean, how does it? <laughs> yes. So, so yes. Yeah, so people ask that, and my point is very similar to what you just said. In that, like, our vision gave us purpose and direction. Right. Mm. Everything we did was in support of our company vision, and it helped us create a strong, healthy company culture. 
united under one goal. And alignment is everything. Alignment is actually really hard to do. And that, that is my full-time job in making sure we're aligned. And we were able to achieve alignment internally. And that vision manifested itself into everything we did from hiring to our viewing parties to career workshops, our women's merch, et cetera. And it, again, like I said, it made things simpler, but not right. easier. And the truth is, like I mentioned, that was the first thing I worked on when I joined FlyQuest in 2018. And we established that. And that was because that was, in my opinion, the first step in creating brand equity, defining the why, the purpose. And by doing that, that allows you to create a lot of products, right? Mm -hmm. And like the things we have, Go Green, Showcase, uh, Go Green, TreeQuest, SeaQuest. And those are now sellable assets. This now allows you to position yourself when you're talking to sponsors and have true differentiation and then go into your products and, and how you're doing it, right? What you're doing it, but right. all from the why. And this also, in my opinion, having strong culture and, you know, we got the greenhouse this year, the, the facility, our facility, it yeah. actually looks like a greenhouse <laughs> and having this umbrella allowed us to have alignment not just from our business staff because mm -hmm. I think that's when I first joined I was you know more in charge of the business staff and, and did all this and I joined a C COO to, to clarify so I was in charge of ops operations gotcha. uh, and, and revenue and so now as CEO by having this and really being able to speak to this not just with our staff we have monthly flight plans that are like internal company meetings that I host with all of our staff and our players because we're all united it allows us to again have that purpose no allow our players to understand what our brand is about so that's why they're never caught off guard any interview yeah. that you have with our players they're also resonating everything that we're standing for and why is it, why it's important even our floral jerseys for spring santorin was like this means a lot to me because it reminds me of my grandma and she used to love Gar you know, gardening and her right. flowers and all this. And when you get clips from our games, they're spamming like trees, 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 trees at the end when they're hitting Nexus, like they dive <laughs> fountain <laughs> to try to get more kills and plant more trees or raise more money for the coral reefs. Right. So I think like all of this um, has just like taught me a lot actually, because the alignment is so important internally. And admittedly, I think, what I what we didn't do well because I, I want to oh, be yeah. honest yeah please is is we didn't put the same energy uh, externally as we did internally so internally okay. everybody knew from 2018 what FlyQuest stood for showcase greatness existed in 2018 it was literally my first week I worked on I, I wow. fought to make sure this was the first thing cool. and and I know for a lot of people it seems like it's a new thing that we just came up in 2020 right and that that is on us that is our fault. That, that is something we have to be accountable for. And, you know, before I was promoted to CEO this year, mm -hmm. I learned that like, well, internally, you know, within our org, we had this North Star of showcase greatness that gave us direction and purpose and everything we needed. Boy, did we not put enough energy <laughs> externally <laughs> because nobody knows this. Nobody knows why we're doing career workshops or women's merch are like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I guess because they have a female CEO, but like, no, it's more than that. And so as CEO, this year, since I got promoted, I was yeah. like, you know, my priority is to share our vision so that everyone knows that what we do always has a purpose and can always tie back to our vision. Like what you said, it has to be linear. It has to have that string of like, oh, they're doing this because of showcase greatness. Right. And I think 
and this is where I have to be proud of all of our staff and everyone, but like we did a better job this year in showing everyone exactly what that means, you know, what our initiatives are um, and why we're doing things like go green, tree quest, sea quest. And I, yeah. I think we finally are associated with what we set out to be. And that's something I'm really grateful for and happy. About. I mean, I, I a hundred percent agree. The, the tree spam, the fish spams, yeah. uh, fish gods, every, <laughs> yes, all yes. of, all of that is evidence of, of how FlyQuest is ingraining itself, you know, as, as a brand within the, within the franchised uh, era, there's like, Oh my God, like 15 things that came out of that. Now I'm going to try and organize my thoughts. And sure, I'm at, sorry. No, <laughs> I'm it's so fantastic. To talk to you. It's That's very cool. rare that I get somebody who's just like, could just do the whole interview themselves. Uh, I don't even <laughs> know why I'm here. We should have just put you on camera for an hour. Um, no, there's, uh, so I'm like an analogy driven person. And um, that one of the things that um, resonated with me there that you were speaking of is this idea that alignment is super key. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily like an epiphany for some people, but the, the, the analogy or the, the, the thing that that really spoke to me or the way that that spoke to me was um, this idea that, Oh my God, did it just leave my brain? Sometimes oh, it do. I just like had that. one of the, I just had one of those moments. Oh no, <laughs> where I completely lost it. Oh, this idea of like, um, you know how they say, give yourself parameters, give yourselves a box and yes. you can be more yes. creative, right? Like if you don't have guidelines, there's this idea, like you said, like, oh, we're just going to be the winning sports team. Well, that's not really an identity, right? You know, like, but if we give ourselves those guidelines of, hey, we're going to be the the showcase greatness team and everything is now, you know, identified and defined or driven by that. Well, actually you can come up with these initiatives, but you never would have come up with that initiative. If you didn't come up, you wouldn't have done tree quest. If you didn't have showcase greatness yes. as your, as your driver, exactly. if you just said, and we're we didn't be pick go green and have this, then they'll be like, let's showcase greatness through this random thing here. This looks cool as opportunity. And I think that's what happens too often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Just sit what you said, like this parameter, I always tell them like, here's your sandbox and go play with it. Go wild. We're back. Trisha, Yay. we lost you. We lost you for a moment. Uh, the internet gods uh, got in the way uh, of our, uh, of our full uninterrupted interview, but the fish gods went and had a word with the internet gods and we are back online. So thank you fish gods uh, for that. But uh, Trisha, we were just kind of getting into this concept of, of, of team identity and creativity and how you can ultimately unlock people within an organization um, to be creative and explore, but within, you know, a trajectory. And so we kind of had this idea of like building a box, building a, uh, some guidelines, but how that, that can force creativity and freedom in a weird way. Yeah, I, I actually think, and this might be a hot take, but structure and direction allows us to be more creative as counterintuitive as that sounds and even working with our creatives in the beginning they told me eventually <laughs> that <laughs> that when i was talking about process and this is a process issue and here are the things we need you know initially they thought there's no way i can streamline what i'm doing i work the most efficient way as possible i i do the best there's nothing you can help me make better trisha why are we talking about workflows and all these things and now there are my team my creative team and content team are the ones saying this is a process issue let's not blame each other mm. let's not blame the other departments where did we go wrong where's a workflow let's work with trisha what is what is the issue what are some solutions and that allows them to just be more successful but i think more than anything what's most important is that all of this gives purpose right and purpose is everything and i think that drives success so 
a lot of people will ask me, why did you get into esports? Why do you think you're successful? What are some advice you can give? And I think having a purpose is where you have to start. And that's why we created Showcase Greatness. So, so I was just going to say, so I imagine oh. in finding a company purpose, that, that, that's not an easy thing to do if you as an individual haven't done some of that, you know, your own reflective work to know what the answers are for yourself individually. So, so maybe you could explain to me a bit how you found that in your personal life before you could help guide FlyQuest to finding the same answer. Yeah, so as cheesy as this may sound, I've always wanted to make people happy. You can even look at my kindergarten journals <laughs> that I found at my mom's place the other day when I was Those are the best. Room. When it writes like, what do you want to do? And I put right. like, I want to be a flower teacher one day. I want Woo! to make people happy. And I was really proud of myself. Like, man, I actually did it, you know, because I'm Ikebana. You sensei. are. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think always having that purpose has always been my motivation for any work I've done. So even when I started first started out streaming, I wanted to make my channel like a prototype of paradise on earth. Regardless of trolls, haters, I wanted it to be a place of gratitude. And that's why I did branding actually. So my yeah. my screen name is called Megumi X Bear and I called my fans Bear Cubs. I did Bear Cup tournaments, which are tournaments I hosted and ran. I actually used all my streaming money to do that. Wow. And I did Bear Packs. People who won a Bear Cup tournament would get a Bear Pack. Bear pack. And those are like Japanese candy, a personal note, and coaching lessons or things like that. And it was always about helping others. So I always did, you're, you're, all, you're much appreciated or just happy to, to yeah. the Bear Cubs who know. Actually, my hoi goys that I've been doing in videos for FlyQuest is a throwback to, to that. And yeah. it was always, it helped me have that structure, right? That direction, as you're saying. And that's why I did meetups. And this is back like, I, this is back when Twitch TV was like Justin TV, by the way. So this right. is very- Yeah, we talking old school. Yeah. yeah, super old school. And this is before people did meetups and, you know, the doctor disrespects of the world who have amazing branding and marketing and production. Right, uh, but now have whole teams for that, yeah, right? Exactly. Like you were doing this in, in an era where, well, everyone was figuring it out for the first time. Yes. So it's just a bunch of individuals. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what allowed me to be very successful on my stream because I was just being true to myself and knew what I wanted to do. So I actually did a meetup. Uh, I'm born and raised in LA. So there's a city called Arcadia and mm -hmm. there's a park and right across the park, there's a hospital. So yeah. I actually contacted the hospital did a partnership with them and said hey I know this is gonna sound crazy but I would love to host a meetup at the park um, with some of my community we're gonna make hundreds of flower arrangements is it okay if we come by this day and hand deliver them to your patients any patients in particular who have cancer or scoliosis Wow uh, for some context I have scoliosis and that is a insecurity I, I dealt with uh, to like not cutting my hair for a long time and you know wanting to cover my back or not wearing a bikini or a backless dress like mm -hmm. these are things I, I struggled with in my adolescent years and so I wanted to use my streaming platform to to share that vulnerability if I really wanted to make people happy then that means I had to be put myself out there and talk right. about things that maybe I'm not comfortable with and and have that focus and that purpose right that that purpose allowed me to have that courage and cancer because Actually, during all this time when I was streaming, my dad was diagnosed with cancer suddenly, and he was told he had three months to live. So I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he, he passed in that time, but my stream uh, gave me purpose and allowed me to have a platform to 
make people happy uh, and have that focus. So that is why, uh, just going back to, you know, uh, sorry, why sorry. I did um, the Ikebana arrangements and why specifically for those patients. So we did a meetup and over 40 plus people showed up. Amazing. Wow. And these are people from the Dota community, the StarCraft community, League of Legends, and communities that especially back then didn't get along. You know, people weren't talking about, like, this is gaming, we're all in community. It was very right. much about what games do you play, this is better, and, and so forth. And I had that messaging of, I'm inviting all of you guys because at the end of the day, we're just gamers. Like, let's just focus on that. Like, let's make people happy. So we arranged 200, like, uh, man, we arranged, like, hundreds of uh, flower arrangements and give them to the hospital. Actually, if you go back to my YouTube channel, which I haven't uploaded in a long time, you can actually see uh, the result of that. And I, I did all streaming and I did like a donation fund. I used all the money for the Ikebon arrangements and to take out the people to eat uh, who, who, who joined. And same with the Bear Cup tournaments. It was my fan said, I would love to hear you casting. You're already doing interviewing and hosting and you're a competitive player. But we would love to see you cast. So I was like, cool, I'm going to make my own tournaments and also use streaming money to do that. I think I hosted over 70 plus Bear Cup tournaments. Wow. And these are for StarCraft and League. And I, and I made sure that it was for the 99%. I also did like a pro league, but I did it by ring system. So it was like bronze to silver, gold to, you know, gold, uh, platinum, diamond, masters, eventually yeah. grandmasters when that came out. Because I thought, let's make this inclusive. You know, so let, I, me, let me ask yeah, you about sure. that. Why, why, do, why is inclusivity so important? I mean, I agree it's important, but why is inclusivity so important um, when at the end of the day, uh, you're looking at streaming, you could, you could have taken the route of let me just put smiles on people's faces. Let me just be entertaining, right? And I think, I think what's interesting to me is that everything you've done has that extra step added to it, which is I don't only want to be entertaining and put a smile on your face. I want it to feel inclusive and I want you, the audience, to be involved. So why is that step of inclusivity so important to you where other people are more than happy to just say, I'm an entertainer and, and we leave it at that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um, I think it's because gaming has given me so much uh, and I too, you know, I think a lot of the times we do things for other people and I wanted it to, again, my channel, Megumi Expert channel, to be a place of gratitude and to make people happy. And I think it's because I went through struggle that mm -hmm. I realized, or I mean, I always knew it was important to make people happy, but I think that's why I care so much more because, you know, I, I was hurting. It allowed me to have global reach and connect to all these bear cubs that I eventually met in person who flew from even Europe to IPL to meet me in person. You know, wow. I met some of my best friends from eSports through eSports. Uh, my fiance I actually met through Dota. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's just about a choice. I think really, it's just like, I want to make people happy and how can I best do that? It's, easy to just make people laugh and smile, but how can I do more? And I think I'm always, I'm such a tryhard. I'm trying to do more because, you know, when my dad was alive, I told him like, you know, every time before I stream, I always, you know, pray or have positive thoughts, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, to remind myself to be grounded as funny as that sounds, but like, at, at that point, like I was one of the biggest streamers on Twitch and they would yeah. use me for like Webby commercials, uh, Webby award commercials before when Twitch needed help doing that, right? They would 
use me for a lot of assets and sometimes you get the ego for sure. And I, I admittedly did. I'm like, wow, I'm getting pretty famous and all this. And then I would have to remember like, we can all, we can all relate to that. I'm <laughs> sure in some, in some fashion, but sorry to interrupt. No, no. And I had to remember like, this is not about me. Yeah. Uh, I'm being used kind of as an instrument to make people happy. And I need to remember that and stay grounded. So I would have that like thought before I stream and try to do more. And honestly, that has given me so much success. That's why I'm so big on serving the community, serving others, making people happy, because I truly think the key to happiness is making other people happy. You know, obviously right. take care of yourself. Moderation is key. All these things are very important, uh, but you know, all of my success really was inspired by listening to my fans at the time doing, mm. creating bear cup tournaments or something that I, got pretty big on you know it became pretty big in the community because no one else was really doing that especially for like the amateur scene if you will again i did it for the pro scene as well and we had like gsl winners and all these you know crazy pros join as well but i wanted to say like hey if if masters even back then is like the top i don't know zero zero whatever percent right and that means there's all this other percent that's not being served so how can mm. i be inclusive you know and they were like we want you to cast so i just made my own and worked with sponsors to fund it and you know use my streaming money to do that because again i, I had a full-time job uh, outside of esports right esports was kind of just my hobby if you will, or my right. what i really loved which is baffling to me that you had time for a full-time <laughs> job and then also to, to to find the level of success that you did in so, in your streaming days and curtail it to, to hear but thank you so much but like he, i think that's all it's just about listening to the fans making them happy and that's why i did branched out and did hosting and all that i really have to give credit to my bear cubs and just people who supported me well hell yeah and, and so i want to i want to go a little bit deeper on this um on this idea of your history as a streamer uh, and also, so I want to, I'm going to tie it into two things. One, your personal experience, but also two, maybe a holistic um, kind of look at esports as being different from traditional sports. I think one of the big differences is that immediate feedback loop. Sure, people are talking about the NBA on Twitter as well, but pro players in specifically in esports generally also have way more direct access to their fans. One, you could queue up in, in Challenger solo queue and end up playing against them. Two, you can go tune into their stream and flame them directly if you want. You know, there's Reddit. There's all of these oh, things. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like, though, your experience as a streamer prepared you in a way that, say, a CEO coming in from a traditional sport and trying to make that crossover is not prepared for the esports space because you've had this experience of direct interfacing with an audience your audience i i definitely think so and honestly since i did uh, ipl3 4 and 5 that's actually for those of you who don't know that's when like tsm played their first tournament right right so and reggie was a player that's when i met reggie and this is when jack was working for tsm i i've known all these people and turtle he likes to say like trisha's known me since i was a young turtle because i was there for <laughs> you know i was interviewing him and boy boy and dyrus and everybody else yeah uh, and I think it's helped me get credibility with our players, especially some of them knew me as like a top player for StarCraft 2. Yeah. And more than anything, I think I have a lot of empathy because as mean as it sounds, and this is actually true, uh, you can find it on VODs, unfortunately, but when I was playing StarCraft, some people root, would spam like cancer scoliosis after like just be really mean uh, it's not that's even trolling. that's like yeah just, yeah oh. that's just not even trolling Ugh. yeah so Disgusting. um i had to go 
go through that and like still put a smile on my face. Right. Um, and I would say like, Hey, I, I respond to hate with love because I, I wanted, it wasn't about me again. It, as weird as that sounds like I was trying to create something bigger than me and right. that legacy. And that is what we're trying to do with FlyQuest mm-hmm. is I ask the players all the time, like, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah. You want to win and all this, but you know, who's awesome. And again, I have bias cause I'm born and raised from LA, like Kobe, right? He Mamba mentality and everything that he did is mm-hmm. he's more than just a basketball player on the court. So that's why I stress like, Hey, content, your branding is not just so you have a future, Right. Because you do need to think about but that. But that is a big piece of it. Care. Yes. All of you aspiring career. esports pros, listen to this. You yes, need to be aware you need to care of about building that. a brand. Because sometimes maybe your ELO or whatever you want to call it, your skill set is about same as a player, but you're more personable. You're more likable. This is just how work is. Yep, yep. You know, this is just how life is. So uh, I think having that perspective and I speak to them very candidly. It, because I care, <laughs> because yeah. I care, and I just call them out. I'm like, yo, you're not even tweeting after your games. Like, I'm waiting for you. Like, I bet everybody else is waiting to hear from you. Right. And so I, you know, and I try to compliment them. Like, oh, my God, that interview was amazing. You did something. Or, like, Solo, you're, like, the bad boy of FlyQuest. Yeah. Uh, we can only have one bad boy, but look. You, you right, yeah. <laughs> We're on the live good team here. We're on the live good team. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's very important because, you know, no matter what, players get burnout sometimes. And sometimes in the oh, middle of the sure. season, later in the season, seating is locked, right, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to kind of lose focus in the game or whatever you're going through personal. So I think having something outside of the competitive re- record gives them some extra incentive. Of course, right. they care about winning. Don't get me wrong. Don't misquote me, people. We're 100% invested in winning. That's it. No, worlds. they've given up. They've given up <laughs> on the postseason. <laughs> but, like, you know, our players really enjoy that. And I always tell them, what is inspiring for me because I'm a basketball fan is like bigger than basketball. And what does that mean? What are you watching? And how do we be bigger than esports? How do we live that legacy? What can you do with your platform? And I challenge them all the time and talk about like, what is personal to me because I'm trying to lead by example. I'm not trying to preach them because it won't matter. Right. But those are the things I'm just trying to instill and at least get them to think about without being distracting to the game. Obviously they have to focus on the game. But at the same time, I think you can do both. Everyone says they want to be more than just an esports organization. And right. now's the time to act. I mean, but I think that, that that is a key phrase that you just dropped. Everybody wants to be, right? Uh, not everybody is. And not everybody is taking the active steps to become that, right? And I think that's where you see some of the real differentiators um, between a, an organization like yours and, and some others where the money is where the mouth is, quite literally, uh, for FlyQuest, right? With your <laughs> initiatives and the, the, the Deep Sea Quest uh, currently... Uh, still going strong. Uh, I kind of want to uh, focus in on that a little bit. Um, you know, number one, uh, maybe maybe let's reflect on the two quests that we've gone on so far, Tree Quest and Sea Quest. Why, you know, why was it specifically those two that you decided to go for first? But also, what's in store for the future? How many more initiatives we got? Are you guys already cooking up, you know, 2021's uh, quests? Or, or, a wor- or a world's quest? Yes. Will there, will there be a separate world's quest or does Sea Quest keep going? Like, you know, because we- this is a queue and Dash is doing an amazing job. I- I'm not just saying this. I will give you some leaks because I Woo! can. <laughs> so, yes, I'm a, we're, we're already going to be, we're already working on worlds. We're going to have an exclusive jersey. Oh, yes. We That's are exciting. already designing it. We're mocking it up. It will be, <laughs> I'm thinking about my team. They're like, I'm like, you know what, but I can make this call. So it'll be, it'll encompass, I think, a lot of what we did this year. I can tell okay. you that. 
cool, so, you know, cool. so you know we have tree quest we have sea quest so i think you'll see some sort of i have an idea i've got that. some ideas already for worlds we're going to do a stronger quest like how we do like super tree quest deep sea quest mm -hmm. it'll be something along those lines we want to gamify it and get you guys involved because that's what FlyQuest is about, right? This isn't just about what we can do. And this is why we already say already exists within you guys, that greatness. Yeah. We want you guys to join in. So we're going to invite you to do that. Yes. And then please. for 2021, because my owners are awesome and hold me accountable, which I love. We're already working on that next week <laughs> uh, for 2021, our whole business model and everything ahead. else. Yes. That's important. That's important. <laughs> well, I love, I love hearing that you'd like to get us involved. I, that's something that I, I've uh, uh, wanted to get kicked up here, uh, you know, more than ever. So please let me know, reach out as soon as you know how any of us can help. I know quarantine yes. era obviously is a limiting factor for a lot of us, but maybe once we're not in the remote world anymore i would love to get out there and and really oh my do, gosh do some charity work uh, yes. and like yeah let's 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 put some positive positivity and love out into the world yes thank um, you so much actually you know it, for those of you who don't know actually we have deep sequest going on so that mm -hmm. is like super sequest if you will and you know we're already contributing to the coral reef alliance we actually have a total of sixty nine, sixty nine right now out yes. of ten thousand dollars. Well, we can't donate any more. of the reef. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to leave it at that number. So we're doing a lot, and if you guys, you know, donate to our Twitch channel, which has mm. our uh, LCS Aquarium, or sub uh, subscribe, all of those proceeds, hundred percent, go to Coral Reef. Twitch.tv slash FlyQuest. Yes, thank Simple you. Enough, easy enough. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Love the aquarium. I mean, it's little things like that. Who, whose idea was that? Was that your idea? Just to, you know, it's bring a, in the aquarium? I definitely have to shout out our COO, Michael Choi. Uh, it's a combination. We actually, I think because we're sharing so much, we're actually a really small team at FlyQuest. We have yeah. eight people on our business wow. staff. So I am not just the CEO who's, you know, out here on these talks and doing this. I'm literally was a creative director for our jersey design for our wow. jersey. That was like Ikebana inspiration. I wanted to do purple because that's my favorite color. <laughs> I, uh, it's my favorite color. <laughs> yeah. Thank I you. love yes. purple. I went to um, NYU, purple, violet. Awesome. Yeah. So that's so, ingrained in me. So yeah, purple and violet is actually, so we did obviously more research, but violet is actually the uh, state flower for Wisconsin. Oh, cool. and, and we have roots back to the Midwest. Our ownership owns the Milwaukee Bucks. So that was an, an homage. And, you know, I, I think this is what you mentioned before. And what we talked about is 2018, when I first joined FlyQuest in January, that was first week I worked on our company vision. Yeah. That's, and it allowed us to have the culture and structure and all the success. It had the foundation. These are all internal wins. Externally though, because we didn't take control of our narrative, other people defined it for us. And that yeah. was our mistake and where we could have been better. And at that time, honestly, our, our current president wasn't like, like that vocal. So yeah. as, CEO now I um you know and him and I talked and you know we have a really great relationship shout out to Ryan he's awesome it was about like taking that control and and driving that narrative so I had the privilege and he allowed me the privilege to think about our first initiative and because mm -hmm. I'm all about nature because nature inspires me it's you know it's harmonious it's graceful it's beautiful but it's strong like nature always perseveres right uh even through concrete like the roots it'll yep. be jagged because like nothing mm -hmm. can stop it and that's kind of the team we want to be when we're on one with grace and so that's why we did our go green initiative first was yeah. how do we brand this how do we really message this out and and 
capture this. So we did go green. And back to your point of like why we're doing true quest, sequest is because those are things we just, we personally care about. We want to make it fun. Like, okay, so at the top, we have showcase greatness, our vision. Underneath that layer, we have our Go Green initiative. And this will be for at least this year. Who knows? We might continue it on. And then underneath that, we created campaigns like True gotcha. Quest and Sequest. But so this is so cool because uh, you can always draw that line yes. back to back showcase. to the top. And, it, and again, it does, it solidifies this idea that the identity, right? Knowing, knowing what is your mission statement and your identity your purpose, as you had put it, yes. is so clearly defined that it gives you direction in everything else you choose to do. Now, what I think is interesting is you mentioned the fact that FlyQuest wasn't always in control of their own narrative. You have wrestled control of your own narrative, <laughs> and I think that that's been really impactful to the brand's explosion over this year. On top of performance, you mentioned that at the beginning of the interview, at the end of the day, we're a sport. Winning is important, and you know fans want to see us win. But you know, let's talk about, I think just from a brand perspective, let's talk about the importance of controlling that narrative uh, in, as opposed to letting other people define it for you because we've literally seen organizations' lifespans ended because they weren't able, you know, to necessarily control their own narrative within the LCS. Absolutely. So let's be honest because I'm always honest, for better or for worse. We turned a brand that was known for its cringe-level social media Mm -hmm. Right, aka Team Snickers, that has haunted me forever. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I'm not going to say more than that. Sometimes you have deliverables to do, Look, and Snickers you just, are it delicious. Is what it is, right? I'll give they you are that. delicious. Yeah. Well, let's just say that. Um, into a recognizable brand that it is today, right? And right. I think that's something that's not so apparent in other orcs, as you mentioned, like being known as the so and so team. I right. think we position ourselves distinctly as the wholesome, good, charitable organization, and I'm very proud of this i'm proud of our team because we we did what we started like stated that we would do like we mm -hmm. actually accomplished that i i literally told my team in many meetings if there's one word association with FlyQuest, i want it to be wholesome okay. and we did that everyone calls us that and it's not by you know we're planting little seeds here and there you know good branding messaging right but it happened like it it everything that we set out to go, uh, to do came to fruition. Like I wanted to make sure we have a strong rebrand this year. I wanted to make sure that my promotion as CEO was impactful, not just for our competitive. We had, you know, we have our most competitive run this year. Yeah. I, I don't want to take credit for that. Like that is definitely, I want to give credit to all of our players and competitive staff. Definitely. But I do think the leadership and culture and structure and giving them, you know, the vision and all this other thing for a facility, all of this does help, right? These are, mm -hmm. these are, things that are factors that help but obviously most of the credit I want to give to them <clears throat> and and for branding right in our marketing and, and business sense like it it's helped us tremendously now people know why we're doing it which is so important I don't want them yeah. to see like our women's merch and a career workshop and they're like oh that's pretty nice like what they're doing is like pretty good it's now they're like I get it because they're all about showcase greatness yeah Trisha launched this initiative of go green and this is what she means by it. She really wants to help and facilitate ways for all of us to help the planet, right? And I, I really want to stress that, like, we all facilitate ways because this has to be a group effort. This can't just be FlyQuest, like, look at us. No, we, we need your guys' help. For right, sure. right. Um, yeah, it's not us just being cheerleaders. Yes. It's FlyQuest doing all the good work, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's why we can think of, like, okay, cool. When we're doing our Go Green initiative, how do we want to start? And we think about things that we all care about. We talk as a company, uh, as a collective and you kind of ask, like, whose idea were all of these? Again, we're a small team. We're only, like, eight. And 
a lot of this, like our messaging and myself is kind of like a duo of our CEO and myself if we mm -hmm. try that vision. But then we have awesome people like, uh, you know, Ricky, who's our VP of content, who, who can, you know, he, he, he makes that a reality, right? He gets a direction and he makes our awesome Jersey trailers and everything else. We can put that together. But uh, a lot of it, just to give you guys some background, like I'm, I'm super involved, like our animal crossing stuff. A lot of those are my ideas for the TSM thing. Yeah. Actually like our social person at the time texts me and said, did you see this? Why are we chopping down a tree? I'm like, yo, we can take, uh -huh. we can take risks like this as long as we do it in a way that fits our brand. Obviously right. we put a lot of care and that's why like we bow to the tree first and we're saying this yep, yep. in front of TSM and tree SM. So we're finding creative ways to, I think it's easy because like we're genuine fans. Like I'm reading yeah. Reddit all the time for better or for worse. Or I'm looking at what's going on and the memes I genuinely enjoy. I still watch, lyric play so much playthroughs you know like i play games every single night more than i should and what are you playing mostly I, right now just uh, out of curiosity what are the what valorant are the games? Val, okay League, but mostly valorant what's the okay <laughs> who's your who's your go-to agent sage and cypher Safe. I'm a Cypher main. A Cypher main. 100%. Awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I love Cypher. I but love sometimes Cypher. Cypher's too boring, you know? They push you one time, you do a good job, they never push you again. You're you're helping as a team. Yeah. But, man, it's, I'm, it's like, a good, I'm, it's I'm a like good bottom feeling. drag. No, it's a I good can't feeling. shoot anyone. It's a good feeling when you hit them with the traps enough times that yes. they're like, I'm just done flanking. I'm yeah. never going to flank for the rest <laughs> of the game. You're like, yes, I win. Uh, I totally feel that. Um, for sure. Um, Anchor sight. <laughs> let's... Um, you want to do some Sorry. rapid fire questions? Yes, sure. Let's do some rapid fire questions and then we'll, we'll round it out by talking about playoffs okay. and what, what's coming. Um, so you used to be a top eight master StarCraft player. Uh, if you could pick a StarCraft strategy that best describes how you, Trisha, live your life, what would that strategy be? So I'm a Terran player. The Terran main, yeah. Terran main, yeah. Terran main, I, I played all the races just to have my street cred mm -hmm. uh, and i'm not sure how many people will understand starcraft 2 references in this day and age but we're gonna go for it yeah we'll try yeah i definitely live life with a fast expand mindset okay uh, i'm talking cc before racks wow i have a very ambitious sometimes greedy i'll admit uh personality that makes me want to hoard all the resources before anybody else does so gotcha. i want to put myself so you're dropping a third and fourth like command center it depends what my matchup is but okay. i usually am like a total macro player because i want to put myself in a position to succeed and focus on the long term right yeah. i want to win but i want to win on my own terms i don't want to cheese and i think i want to win with like enough flexibility to adapt to any situation so also have gotcha. A timing push with my fast expand, but like I can either have that win condition, but then I also have backup plans, and I'm thinking of scaling, like in case they also fast expand or they held my push timing. You know, I'm still macroing at the same time. Yeah, That's usually my play. What's your? What do you have any idea what your APM was like uh, at, at the at, like I, your top end? Yeah, for sure. So I so it wasn't accurate because sometimes I just wanted to be like July throwback to like. Broodwarp Zerg player with right. like four hundred APM. So sometimes I just, just like spam. Right, you just hitting a button yeah. just to hit the but button. Like yeah. so, so I'd like hit, I'd be like yeah four hundred APM. But I don't think it was like actually like productive okay. APM. I yeah. think probably I hovered around like three hundred or two hundred. That's disgusting. That's just like that. disgusting. I, I think if like I played now, me. I'd probably be like. 150 i don't know much slower That's but you know like gross. one two three four one two three four to be fair it's because i played a ton of brood war mm -hmm. so 
it, it was much harder than like grouping everything in circles. Right. Yeah. They're making things a lot easier on players yes. nowadays with the different groupings and hockeys that you can come <laughs> up with. But still, I mean, I'm just, I've never been a mechanically impressive player. So specifically RTS players like yourself are some of the most impressive gamers to me. All right. Next up, if young Trisha could be transported rather forward in time to now, what ice cream flavor would she dip her French fries in? How do you guys know? First <laughs> do you, are you big on that? <laughs> you guys, the Q well, has you grew an up amazing in LA. job. Yes. So. They, thank you for doing real research. This is the important research. You guys totally looked through my like old Megumi expert YouTube to know this. Okay, so the classic vanilla mm -hmm. soft serve ice cream or... You know, from McDonald's, obviously. From McDonald's, okay. Yes. I was, well, I was gonna say because you're you're an <laughs> LA girl, so maybe In and Out. Like, I'm a San Diego boy. I grew up in San Diego, yes. so like In and Out, French fries. For sure, I would the shakes, frozen yeah. custard, frosty, whatever. I would just dump it <laughs> in my French fries, and you know, what? I grew up to also dip my chicken nuggets. What? <laughs> All right, that that's a little much for me. Uh, I'm with you on the French fries. I would do chocolate though. I'm a chocolate I'm a chocolate fiend. So in and out chocolate milkshakes. But you said vanilla is your go-to. Vanilla, vanilla. Dump it, and next time you can try chicken nuggets. I will. Know how it goes. May, maybe we'll entertain the idea. Okay, what is inspiring or motivating to you right now? It can be a book, song, movie, quote, person, anything. Right now is for sure right Michael now. Jordan, The Last Dance. Uh, it's Great so good. series. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. You know, it, it really just captures what it really takes to win. And, and I don't just mean in a game, but like what it is to excel and how much you have to sacrifice. It is not easy. And you know what? He's not there complaining. It's just, I, I just love it. So Michael Jordan, Last okay. Dance. Uh, Kobe, Mamba Mentality. Again, I, I love Lakers from LA. And just Mamba Mentality is I say, like, try hard people try to offend me, like, ooh, and Valen, like, oh my God, you're such a try hard. Like, I'm like, thank Screw you. Yeah, I'm like, why wouldn't, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't I try my best at anything or else I'm just wasting my time, right? Yep. I don't have time to waste. So, mama mentality and probably Dumbledore's quote, like, the we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy, because that is really hard to do. I wanna say, as a wholesome brand, it is hard mm. to always be kind and do the right thing. And it takes courage and a lot of patience and everything else and respect. So, yeah. That, and my own quote is, you don't ask, you don't get. I tell my staff that. Ooh, that's actually hugely important. And hugely important for, I think, young people uh, who are moving into professional industries to understand. So I love to hear that you're passing that along to a lot of the younger guns. Um, this isn't one of the rapid fire questions because we're talking about things that motivate you or inspire you to some, some degree. You dropped, and we've, we've talked about it uh, a couple times here, Ikebana, the Japanese art of, of, of flower arranging, but you dropped that you are an Ikebana sensei. So you said that phrase. So please elaborate. What is that? What is required to be that, to become that? And what is the definition of that? Yeah. So Ikebana literally means like, Ikeru is like to give life, if you will. And Bana is like Ohana, flower. So to bring life to flowers. So okay. it's a loose translation. Uh, basically, it's flower arrangement. Uh, and in Ikebana, it's very similar to martial arts where there's different schools of it. So like you can take Kung Fu, you can take Taekwondo, you can take Karate, something like that, right? There's right. different styles. So they're all martial arts, uh, yep. all Ikebana. The Ikebana I take is called Zangetsu Ikebana and it's all very much about gratitude. It's about making people happy through your flower arrangements. It's about 
creating beauty and kind of saving the world through beauty. Mm-hmm. I know, I know so, so sometimes I say this, I sound cheesy, but I truly believe this because I think beauty is so important, like to, to appreciate and to have that daily practice of gratitude. I think it's so Im- imperative. And so that's why we create it. It's to appreciate beauty, appreciate nature, and like most other worthwhile hobbies, like respect, harmony, diligence, attention to detail. Okay. So it's not, it's, I guess it's different than bouquets you usually see, which are really full and kind of, let's just say really full. Yeah. Mine is more minimalistic because mm. you want to appreciate every single uh, stem, uh, leaf, you know, uh, flower, branch, and, and even, uh, empty space right so that's why if you actually look at a lot of our jerseys and a lot of our design it's very minimalistic and clean because that is kind of my aesthetic preference uh as you know and i guess going back to flower arrangements it's all about that appreciating nature and i would love to you know have others think about other people when they create an ikebana arrangement right Mm. so when they place it in a room they're thinking like i'm not just grateful for this i'm grateful for the people who are going to watch it or look at it and the people who look at it appreciate it because like wow that's so pretty and it's just like the cycle of gratitude and appreciation i love that i love that so much all right next up best victory as ceo of FlyQuest. definitely i i'm proud of a lot of things everything's been amazing so far and being being able to carry out my vision through FlyQuest. Mm-hmm. there's definitely no better feeling but I think what I'm very most proud of since I took over is I mentioned changing our cringe level social media team Snickers brand to a recognizable brand that it is today and really defining like what a company vision is. I, I think we're one of the first teams to really do that, to have a clear company vision, to have clear initiatives and campaigns and to tie our marketing to competitive success. Like yeah. no one's done that. Like, or, you know, tree quest, sea quest, planting uh, 10,000 trees. We want to be champions of the reef with sea quest, uh, raise $10,000. We claimed the fly quest Drake, which is the ocean Drake. Yeah. I hope that trends people, please. I want to say that in <laughs> chat more, please on Twitch. I'm trying to spam that sometimes and the fly you know, quest I, I get timed out. Yeah. But like instead of the ocean Drake, <laughs> we want that to be the fly quest Drake. And, and I think we've been really clever and mm. like breaking through our jerseys, uh, you know, I got pushed back internally initially of like, why are we doing this? This is so weird. Why are we having floral? Because even traditional sports don't have this. And I'm like, who said esports jersey had to be anyways? We're doing this. Like yeah. when, we, when we're saying go green, FlyQuest hasn't owned our brand. So let's actually own it by 2020. And with my promotion, I got to make that call luckily. So I'm like, we're just doing this. And yeah. let's own it through our jersey, through our aesthetic, everything we do, everything we say, everything our players have to say, we have to let them know what we're trying to do. And this is why I don't have the meetings just with their um, business staff. It's with competitive. I need them to know what we're doing and why so they can speak to it. Right. And they can get their motivation. Everybody has to be in line. And I think doing all that has just been, yeah, the best victory overall. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, so uh, final, final uh, personal question here. Uh, Decades from now, some number of decades in the future, you've, you've retired and you're, you're sitting down to dinner and reflecting uh, on your career with, with your favorite meal and your favorite drink in hand. One, what are you eating? What are you drinking? And then two, uh, you know, what are your, what are your reflections on, on your life to that point? So if we somehow survive 2020. (laughs) Right. You're right. We got to get through this year, but uh, assuming we do. Yeah. So all jokes aside, I'd probably never retire. I'm going to be like 70 years old before I think about retiring. I love 
work too much. I'm with you there, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and just want to be involved as long as possible. Again, because like for me, esports is, is this is not just like my career or like oh I got into esports because it was a cool opportunity or it's a growing industry or whatever. I'm a gamer. It's like it means so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would love to be involved as as much as I'm allowed. But I guess when the time comes, I'll be somewhere in my garden. I've always had a dream of ever since I was little again to make other people happy my ultimate dream is to make a huge garden that has a lot of flowers from all over the world and free for everyone because I do believe beauty can make people happy and have the expression of gratitude can help give us salvation in some way so I want to have a big public garden accessible for everyone and uh, when I retire I'll I think I'll you know be looking at my garden appreciating it I will be eating yeah here's a this uh, is the big one uni Scrambled eggs Ooh. with some brioche toast. Okay. Uh, Greek, you can tell how much of a foodie I am. Uh, Greek I, I mean, I'm obsessed with food, so With yeah. fresh berries and granola and a, and a glass of fresh squeeze. This is juice. a perfect meal to be sitting in a garden, <laughs> yes. to be sitting in a garden right? at like 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And a side uh, of tea, maybe. Exactly, yeah. Getting ready to watch the LCS you know, whatever yes. the form of LCS is 70 years from now, uh, when we're all old. Oh, Lord. And, and I'll probably still be thinking about how to best improve the processes in my garden <laughs> and like how to maximize the land. No, you're done. You're retired. To best present like every flower, every tree, and just oh. greatness through and through. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, uh, on the on the topic of showcasing greatness and the current mission that lies ahead of FlyQuest, um, you guys have a, a really tough battle against uh, Cloud9 coming up here. This is a rematch of the spring finals uh, in which you guys did fall just short, but was, or rather did mark the best finish of the organization to date. Now you're yes. trying to outdo yourselves with this postseason run. Just give me your overall take. Uh, what's the feeling inside the org approaching this week's games? We're confident. We are confident. Okay. That's what I, I, I mean. Did we, you we, see? we respect them. Obviously we respect them. I love like, trust me. I really love Jack. I think he's amazing at what he's doing too. Yeah. He's like, he's like a Smurf GM owner. He really is. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but we're confident. Yeah. Oh, did you see, um, I it was on countdown one, one of the many days there's been too many at this point, um, where, where we were looking at, uh, analyst brackets and crumbs, was the one analyst to predict FlyQuest. Actually, yes. Well, he predicted that TL would choose you guys. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for his prediction's sake. But he did predict that even if TL had chose you, you guys would win that, win the next one, and be automatic seed into the finals. Like, uh, was that, did that come as a surprise? I mean, I know you guys have confidence, but did something like that come as a surprise based on the narrative that's been crafted? To be around... honest, yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but I, I, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, please retweet this to, to FlyQuest and everybody else. And we're, we're all in there. Uh, we, you know, we love it. We, we're so, we're just so appreciative to like be part of the narrative now. I think FlyQuest has come from so much and, and by the way i'm not saying this like we're chilling no we have so much to do still right but yes we're, we're really happy to see crumbs confidence in us because sometimes he didn't believe in us and our fish gods have punished him yeah they they, oh, they definitely have done that well i appreciate your appreciation because in reality uh it, this is it's, it's you guys we should be thinking you're a part of the narrative because you've made yourselves a part of the narrative so if i can just kind of end this on a bit of a statement of fact like you know we talk about the things that need to be talked about and that demand to be talked about and FlyQuest has done a phenomenal job this year specifically of inserting yourselves in the conversation and making yourselves a talking point right we i mean 
it's as simple as that. We're in the business of entertainment, as you know. And so we're going to talk about the things that people want to hear about and that we think are interesting. And you guys have made so many waves, uh, pun intended for, you know, with Sequest there, but like, it's been, it's been just a joy to watch. And I'm so happy to have you guys in the league in your current form. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, I, I just give you a moment if there's anything else you'd like to say before we, we head into playoffs and, and sign off here. Yeah, much appreciated. Just happy. Let's showcase greatness together. And please follow FlyQuest. Yes, please do that on all of their channels, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and all of that. We'll see you all on Thursday for the kickoff of our games. Then FlyQuest again to follow soon after against FlyQuest. Trisha, thank you so very much uh, for uh, working through those internet issues. Fish gods prevailed. And for joining me here on The queue. Best of luck this week. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Queue. You can catch Trish's team FlyQuest take on Cloud9 this Thursday, August 20th in round two of the playoffs. Now catch more of The Queue on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts on all those major platforms. Just search for The Queue with Dash. Uh, thank you so much. We'll see you all next time.